0: I'm trying to have little
1: talk.
0: We good, yeah. We good.
1: Yeah. Things. Well, see, i was, things change when we call you Jesus. I wonder, do we want to go up like that? Because we we'll don't have. Tony So where you want? Well, I to Things should. Uh oh, he's standing up. Things should be about you, Jesus. How okay, all right. I need
0: another tenor in the house. Oh.
2: Testing one, two, testing one, two, hallelujah. Welcome, welcome this morning to New Covenant Worship Center. We are live here in the building, amen. Listen, it is a good day to give the Lord some praise, amen. It is a brand new day, a day we have never seen before. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, amen. Listen, those of you all who are watching on Facebook, on YouTube, come on, begin to share this, begin to let somebody know that New Covenant Worship Center is in virtual church, And we are excited about today. It is the third Sunday in this month of November. We are in the fourth quarter. We almost made it through this year. So we just thank God for keeping us throughout the course of everything that's been going on. But we're still yet believing God. And for he is a faithful God and he is good to us. So come on, we're going to begin to get into prayer. Just begin to saturate the atmosphere. If you're in the building, come on, if you can, stand to your feet. And just begin to give the Lord a hand praise of thanksgiving in your home. Begin to give the Lord a hand praise of thanksgiving. Begin to lift him up on today. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, God. We thank you for grace on today, God. We thank you for your loving kindness today, Father God. We thank you for your presence on today, Father God. As Lord, we come, Lord, to magnify you, to glorify you, and to lift you up on today, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us another opportunity, God, to come into your presence, God. We thank you, Lord, that you kept us on today, Father God. And throughout the course of our week, Father God, that you allowed us to see this day on today, Father God. And that, Lord, we pray and ask you, God, that you will come in and fill this temple on today Father God. Fill us with your power today God. Fill us with your glory on today God. Allow your Holy Spirit God to move reign, and abide abundantly among us on today Father God. That Lord your presence will move in this place God. We speak hope on today God. We speak strength on today Father God. We speak grace and mercy God. To begin to move in our lives like never before Father God. That Lord we're yielded to you on today God. That you may have your way in this service God. That Lord you will begin to touch on today God. You will heal on today God. You will deliver on today Father God. You will begin to make us new on today Father God. As we give our all over to you on today God. We are willing vessels on today God. Ready to be used of you on today Father God. Let your presence reign God. Let your power reign on today Father God. Heal today on today God. As we come up against the coronavirus God. As we begin to come up against every sickness every disease Father God. Lord every thing that's plaguing the bodies of your people on today, God. We speak strength on today, God. We speak healing on today. From the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, God. Lord, we begin to decree and declare that by your stripes we are healed on today, God. There is no sickness, no illness that can begin to come up against the blood of Jesus, God. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than the coronavirus. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than cancer, than heart disease, colon cancer, liver disease, God. You have have the power to heal our bodies on today, God. And we believe your report, God. We believe your report on today, God, that you're going to heal and set us free on today, Father. And God, we love you today. We honor you today, God. And Lord, we expect a touch from you on today, God, that you will minister to every person's need, God. You know every person's situation, God. You know what they stand in need of, God. And I ask you to minister to their hearts, God. Minister to their spirits on today, Father, God. Bring forth living in this place, God, bring forth oneness and unity, God, throughout the body of Christ on today, God, that we may begin to lift up your holy name on today, God, But there is no other name where men shall be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ, God, for you said that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And come on, everybody, let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus as the sound comes. Tell somebody that there's something about the name of Jesus. We give God praise that God took home one of the great singers, Pastor Rance Allen, amen. And we just thank God that we're here to celebrate and bless the name of Jesus. How many know there's something about the name of Jesus? It's the sweetest name I know. Come on, as the sound comes, worship him about the Jesus,
0: was talking about-
1: the situation settle the
2: to saturate whatever area that you're dealing with, whatever challenge that you're faced with. God that he'll settle in that thing. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the devil has told you, but I believe God will settle in your situation and turn that thing around for your good. I release it in the name of Jesus. Come on and settle here, Jesus. Settle down, Jesus. Settle right here. Throw your weight around. Throw your your weight around, Jesus. (laughs) In my home, I need you to throw your weight around. With my children, I need you to throw your weight around. need a witness on their job God, throw your weight around on my job In my family, God My loved ones I need you to throw your weight around But he's waiting on you to invite him in. Come on in, Jesus. (laughs) Settle here. My God, my God. We give God glory this morning. We thank God for his presence. We thank God for the sound. Amen. Also praise and worship this morning. Glory to His name, my God, my God. Y'all give yourselves a hand, of praise, cause you look good, amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is good, amen. We thank God to be in the building, amen. That God is still yet gracing us to keep us, to watch over us, and watch over us, and strengthen us day to day. Um, God is just good, and He is faithful, amen. In spite of what's going on. I was encouraged uh, this morning and I was listening to Pastor John Hannah for a bit but, and uh, the associate pastor, Pastor Jerome Glenn. He was ministering and he started talking about uh, naming uh, and his situation in 2 Kings and how he's dealt with leprosy. And He began to correlate it in the situation that we're in as far as with the coronavirus. But he just began to share the same things that I began to share on Thursday. We have to combat this thing with faith and believing in the power of God. We cannot continue to repeat what the media says and what those particular officials say. We have to begin to declare the word of the Lord. And the word of God is more powerful than anything that can be able to try to hinder us to come against us. The word of God is real. And I'm telling you, when we start beginning to release the word of God, we're going to see the manifestation of change. The power is in our tongue. Amen. We have to believe that when we pray, that when we speak things, God's going to hear us and he's going to respond accordingly. Amen. So I thank God for the word of God. I thank God for each and every one of you all. Listen, let's get ready to take up our times and offering so we can move forward in the service. Those of you all who are online, you can go to our website, www.newcovncwc and you can give online. You can click the give tab. Go to our website. Those of you all who have our Easy Time app, go into your app and you can select your drop-down box to give for our times and offering. Today we're still collecting for our Christmas seed. Amen. Uh, you can collect Christmas, uh, I think it's Christmas seed or Christmas fund, and you can give toward that. Uh, those of y'all who do not have any means of technology and you still want to give, you can mail your seed and your tithes and offering to 2423 Glenwood Avenue right here in Joliet, Illinois, 60435. Amen? Those of y'all who are in the building, if you're on my right side, if you need an envelope, please raise your hand. If you need an envelope on my right side, please raise your hand. If there's anyone on the left side, on my left, that needs an envelope, please raise your hand. You're preparing your offering let me give amen we thank god that some of our scholarship recipients are in the building today to so receive their scholarship do that immediately following service. Immediately following the word, rather. It's good to see the Smith family, amen. Minister Doran, prophetess Flo, amen. Doran the third, amen. Jafiah and that little bitty baby with a furry suit on, amen. (laughs) She ready, amen. Brother Nikolai back there, Sister Gabby I'm telling you, God is good, amen, won't he do it We give God praise For everybody being in the building today We appreciate each and every one of you all And what God is doing in the house Thank God for our leadership meeting on last night I appreciate those who were able to participate and come out And be on the the phone line We had an awesome meeting, awesome time of fellowship So I thank God for you all Coming out on last night, it was amazing, amen All right. if you give it, I mean, if you have your seed ready, you can go to the rear on my right. If you have your seed ready, you can go to the rear and sow your seed. If you need to go to the, if you need to sow, you can go to the rear and sow your seed. Amen. On my left, if you have your seat prepared, you can go to the rear and give. let's bless the offer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the times and offering today, Father. We thank you for every person that gave and had it to give on today, God, and we ask you to bless those that may not have had it to give, that you will bless them on next time, Father. I pray and ask you, God, that you will release a 100-fold return upon every person's seed on today, God, that we will continue, the Lord, to do the work of the ministry, God, for the building of your kingdom, Father, and we just pray that you continue to bless and watch over us, Father, and we thank and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Listen, we thank God for grace. We thank God for his loving kindness and his favor. Amen. Um, real quick, so I don't forget, um, Minister Doran and Prophet Flow, here's your gift card from last night for a leadership class. We just wanted to have an opportunity to eat because we in in this pandemic. So that's just a blessings to get some lunch for our leadership team. Sister Sarah, you want to uh, come up real quick and grab yours and we'll get that out of the way so I don't forget. Amen. Appreciate you all. Staying connected to the ministry throughout this pandemic. Amen. If you're ready for the word, say I'm ready for the word. Ready for the word. Amen. Come on in Facebook. Tell them you're ready for this word. Wow. Um, I got a lot to cover, but I'm gonna I'm gonna work this thing as best I can because. It's going to bless you today. All right. Um, If you have your Bibles, let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 6. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. I'm in the NIV version. All right. So um, we're in part three of Ask God. Um, This series um, that God gave us to remind us and to encourage us um, to ask God uh, to have the faith to ask God, to believe that when we do ask God, that God will respond and He will answer our acts accordingly. Uh, this is about building up our faith and building up our trust uh, in knowing that God is faithful to us and that He can He hears us when we begin to ask and when we begin to pray. And um, today, I want to deal with uh, a passage of Scripture that's very familiar. We're going to be in Second Chronicles, chapter six and chapter seven. Uh, There are a lot of verses that I need to read because I want you to see these things as they unfold. Um, And I was reading this this morning. I was going over it again. And God was giving me some fresh revelation on how God was strategically planning things even for the future of what he was doing for the body of Christ, even here as he was ministering and dealing with Solomon and the children of Israel. Um, And so God just began to deal with Solomon and God began to minister to Solomon Uh, I want to give you some backdrop and just give you some things so we can move forward and get a a good understanding of what's happening here. Um, David was uh, David was the king that God had chosen. Uh, We all know that story. He was chosen to be king over Israel. But David uh, had the responsibility. uh, He was able to gather the resources to build a temple where the Lord can be praised, where the Lord can be magnified, where the Lord's presence can dwell. Uh, he was given the assignment to gather the resources, but he was not able to build the temple uh, because God said that you have too much blood on your hands and that you're not going to be able to build this. Your son will build it. And so Solomon uh, came into uh, taking over the throne, taking over the kingdom after David's death. And so when Solomon came into rule and he came into reign, uh, he began to go before God and, and he uh, God had begun to ask him, what would you have of me to do for you? He said, The thing that I have upon me is very heavy to deal with the amount of people that I have to deal with. Uh, You've given me a a lot of responsibility. And Solomon was young when he uh, took on the role of being king. And so he was inexperienced. He didn't have the the knowledge and the various things that it took to be able to be a king uh, and to be effective. So he said, I need to look to God for support, for wisdom, and for some guidance. And so God came to me and said, what would you have for me to do for me? And Solomon said, if you can just give me wisdom and you can give me knowledge to be able to know how to guide your people and to lead your people effectively, I'll be good with that. And God told him, he said, because you did not ask for a long life, because you did not ask for riches, he said, all of these things will be added to you and you'll begin to receive those things. And he said that there will be no other king as Solomon. There will be no other king that will have your wisdom or your particular uh, amount of riches and glory that I'm going to bestow upon you. Why? Because you ask for wisdom. Yeah. So when you're in a situation and you think you need money, no, you need wisdom. When you're in a situation and you think that you're looking to be uh, magnified or to have some type of prestige or some notoriety, ask God for wisdom because wisdom will point you in the direction because wisdom has been defined as the principal thing. And it says when I get that wisdom, then I can gain understanding. And then with wisdom, get knowledge. And so these things will be added to you so that once I get wisdom, though, as the principal thing, it will begin to position me to open up those other areas. And as I begin to look at this and, and, and see how uh, you know, magnificent and how large uh, Solomon's kingdom was, how much resources he had, how he began to uh, do the things in order to build the temple. It's absolutely amazing. And I love the fact that David had been responsible and he gathered the people together to begin to give all the gold, all the silver, all the resources needed for Solomon to build the temple. So there are some things that our generation will do that will be in preparation for the next. So we have to be in position to do what God has called and assigned us to do so that we'll have something to leave to the next generation to work with. So this is why it's important that we continue to stay steadfast in the things of God because everything that's, in, that's happening in the earth realm is trying to remove God. It's trying to take God out of everything. It's trying to take out morality and righteousness and holiness and standards out of the earth realm. So we have to take the position to begin to continue to hold. Hold on to what is righteous and what is right in God's eyes so that we can pass on something that the next generation will be able to now move forward and continue in the things of God. So David left something for Solomon to work with. I need you to help you. I need you to be in a position. Leave the next generation with something to work with. Yeah. Something that will be able to be built that will be greater than what you had started. I want my children to go further than I did. I yeah. want my grandchildren to go further than their parents. Than their and further than me that should be our particular goal that should be our particular mindset that I wanted to be better for the next generation and so David had positioned Solomon for that and Solomon took those particular resources and he did what God commanded he didn't squander the resources he Amen. began to apply them and to begin to use them for what God had destined for them to be used for and so now when we see and we pick up in 2nd Chronicles chapter 6 I love this because this is is where Solomon begins to pray and he begins to ask God to begin to hear his prayer and hear the prayers of the people of Israel. And then when we get to chapter 7, when we get to the most famous verse that we all quote so often is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. that is the answer to what Solomon had prayed in chapter 6. And I want you to see how Solomon positioned himself in his acts and And what happens and how God shows up after he acts in the right mindset, in the right motive of his heart, he begins to act in a place of purity and how God responds and shows up. So I want you to understand. I want you to grab some things today that you have the power that when you begin to ask God and you begin to speak some things out, God is hearing your prayer and then he is going to come and respond to what you actually ask. And you're going to see it here in scripture. What happened in chapter 7 is exactly the words that Solomon had been praying. And so you're going to have to understand, I have to be mindful what am I asking for? I have to be specific and I have to be strategic. I have to begin to know what it is that I truly want. You can't say you want this thing and you're really not in a position to really handle if God does answer in that in that particular capacity. Yeah. So be in a per, in a position to be prepared to receive all what God wants to bestow Come upon on. us.
0: Come
2: on. So let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter six. I got to read some of these scriptures, a lot of these scriptures, because I want you to see how God begins to move. Um, I, I'm not going to read. I want to point out a few things in chapter six because I want you to see how Solomon begins to pray. And he begins to pray for the dedication of the temple. And so you'll see that at starting at verse 12. Let me just read a little bit of that part and then I'm going to drop down these verses and we're going to get to chapter 7. Is that okay? He says, then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Now he had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high. And had placed it in the center of the outer court. He stood on the platform and then knelt before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. And then he said, then he goes into his particular prayer. But I love the fact that Solomon was praying before the people as a king. He was showing humility as a king. He was showing that I need the help of God. He was in the midst of the people and he showed a sign of surrendering just because you have a position, a title does not mean you're exempt from having a prayer life. Amen. A prayer life is necessary. And you're in the position of prayer is the, is your ask. Prayer is your petition to God. So he takes the posture and he begins to let the people see that I am in a vulnerable state. I'm lifting my hands and he stood before the people and he began to ask God the various things that he had need of. And so I want to drop down. Look at verse 19 because these are some of the things that he began to pray in this prayer. Yet, Lord, my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and, he, and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. Just put, a, just put an asterisk right there in that area. Just mark that because I want you to keep those things in mind because he's going to repeat these things throughout this prayer. Look at verse 21. He keeps re- he's, he's praying. He's asking God. He says, God, in verse 21, hear the supplications of your servant and your people Israel. Notice, he's not only asking for him, he said, hear the people's cry. Hear the people's prayer. He's in a position and he's interceding and he's praying things and he's beginning to release some things into the atmosphere because these things are going to go to heaven and God's going to respond to them. He said, hear the supplications of your servant and your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place and when you hear, forgive. Mark that area right there because I want you. I'm I'm tying all this together when we get to chapter Mm 7.
0: Let's
2: go down to verse 26. This is so important. This part right here. Really highlight this. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain. Mm -hmm. Because your people have sinned against you. Now, notice this. There is no rain because the people have sinned. So, Our actions toward God have a direct correlation to what happens in the earth. So if what we do negative affects the earth how much more positive would we do if it can affect the earth so if there's a virus in the earth if we're going to pray against that if we're going to speak life and not death if we're going to speak those things that line up according to God's word because it says if we sin and then there will be no rain because we're in a position where we've been we sinned against God and so God says you're going to have to deal with the consequences Because now if there's no rain then there's famine if there's famine then there's chaos if there's chaos then there's confusion And so these things create a chain effect. But if I get into the posture of asking God for the things that will begin to keep me in righteous standing with him and to keep me in right alignment with him. As I ask God, I have the power to speak against cancer. I have the power to speak against any type of fibroid tumors, any type of sickness and disease over violence, over all those various things that are contrary to God's plan. So he says, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you. And when they pray toward this place and give praise to your name and do what? Turn from their sin because you have afflicted them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Listen, I need to take responsibility for my error. I need to take responsibility for my missteps and be responsible enough. How am I going? Why, why, what, what's happening? Why am I in this situation? Why am I in this thing? We want to constantly. You, don't, oh, let me stay here. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here in the scripture. I ain't going to even go there. He says, He says. He goes on, he says, uh, and when they pray toward this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then pay attention and, and highlight this part, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people, Israel. This is Solomon praying. He's praying this to God. He says, teach them the right way to live. Amen. We have to ask God to teach our children. Teach our loved ones. Teach people that we know that may not be living according to God's word. God, teach them how to live for you. And then, God, teach me how to live for you. We got to pray for ourselves and ask God, God, teach me, teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land. When you send rain on the land, you gave your people for an inheritance. Verse 28. When famine or plague comes to the land. highlight that or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made for anyone among your people, Israel, being aware of their afflictions and pains, and spreading out their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. I need you to see this, that when there is locusts, when there are enemies, when there are plagues, It's our responsibility to begin to cry out unto the Lord. It's our responsibility to begin to ask God to begin to change the situation. If we're not in a position to begin to speak to God and to ask God to come in to that situation and change it, we got to have the power to believe this thing. we got to have the power to have faith to know. How many times did the people, even as uh, Pastor Jerome Glenn was talking about Naaman and that particular leper, he had leprosy. He had. there were people around him that said, I know a prophet that you can go to and you can receive healing you can receive change, you don't have to stay in the bondage that the enemy has placed you in, if you get to a point in place and somebody has an area where they recognize there is something you can do to be free from that bondage, I need you to take advantage of the situation, I don't need you to shut down, I don't need you to try to figure out because Naomi got offended, he said why can't I go over here to the clean river of the Jordan, why well, I gotta go down over here to this river, I want to to the place and he got all caught up but at the end of the day he received his healing, he received his deliverance and we have to be in a position, are you going to open your mouth and ask God God I need your deliverance power, I need your healing power, I need you to come into my situation because I'm tired I can't figure this thing out, I'm tired of struggling, I'm tired of arguing with myself I'm tired of fighting with myself I'm tired of fighting with my baby, my sister, my brother I need to be free of this thing God hear my plea there has to be a spirit of desperation that comes about your life. Yes. Amen. You got to get desperate in those moments. And see, this is the area where we have we are challenged at because sometimes in desperation we turn to other things instead of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Come on. You can't turn to the thing that you found comfort in before you got saved. Right. Amen. And see, we cannot continue to allow the enemy to try to pull us backwards and get us into those situations and areas where we're in more abundance because we're in a position where we're not faithful enough to ask God and trust God enough. God, I need you in this situation because if I don't get out of this thing, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to go back to what I used to do. I don't want to go back to doing the things I used to do before I met you, God. So bring me to a place of understanding. And God, I need your help. Amen. Verse 30, he said, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. And I love this. He said, forgive And deal with everyone according to all they do. Since what? Since you know their hearts. For you alone know the human heart. So that they will fear you and walk in obedience to to you all the time they live in the land you gave your ancestors. Now, I want y'all to hear this because these prayers that Solomon is praying, he's praying prophetically for generations. He's praying prophetically for generations to come. When he get to the next verse, he says foreigners. I believe he's praying now for the Gentiles, for those who are to come and to come into the knowledge of who Jesus is and as, as time is going, as time is elapsing, If you follow these things and you begin to see how God began to deal, notice he dealt with Abraham, he dealt with Isaac, he dealt with Jacob, and then we got into the place where he dealt with Moses. And after Moses, he brought forth the judges after Joshua. And so then after those judges, then we got into kingship. And then after we got to the place where the kings couldn't do what needed to be done, now he brought Jesus on the scene. He brought his only begotten son on the scene to begin to reconcile us and bring us back into right standing and he said now you can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and favor in the time of need. Now you don't need a priest to offer a sacrifice. You can go before the throne of God boldly for yourself. So Uh God is opening up the opportunity that I don't have to have a person in between. All I got to do is be in a position to acknowledge Jesus and call on his name and he's going to respond accordingly. I don't have to have a confession." I don't have to be in a position to have an in between I don't have to have the prophet or the pastor or the apostle I can call on God in the midst of my situation you can't wait to get through to the apostle and find out that his line is going to be open if he don't answer the phone no you got to take that moment and that opportunity and seize it right there because if you wait for somebody else to come pray for you it might be too late you got to be willing to get before God ask him for yourself so verse 32 Look at this. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land, because of your great name, your mighty hand, and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray toward this temple, listen to this, Solomon said, even if they're foreigners, he said, when they come and pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven, your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you. (laughs) I told you, God has given us access through the cutting and through the breaking away of the veil. Because we were, now we're in a position to be reconciled back with God through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary. I now have access to the throne. I now have access to God. Well, I'm not no longer bound by this Old Testament. I'm in the New Testament, and God is positioning this thing. And I believe these things are prophetic for what things were to come. Because he said, when the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth, of what? The earth. All the peoples, not some. It said all the people of the earth. Yeah. God said, I wish that no man perish, but all would come into the knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ. He said, Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know what? Your name and fear you. That means reference you, as, you, as, as do your own people Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Oh my God. Are, are y'all okay? Because this thing is blessing me. Okay. God. Can I keep reading? Because I, I, I want you to see this. So now he tells you in verse 34 notice, he says, whatever comes against you, if you get an axe in your spirit, mm-hmm. it will help you through the situation. All right. He talked about the foreigner. He talked about when the, when people in Israel when they fall in sin. He said, he, "I'm gonna pray that God, you will hear that you will hear that cry. You will, they will ask for forgiveness." And now in verse thirty-four, he said, "When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray, listen at this: when they pray." To you toward this city you have chosen in the temple I have built for your name. Then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. When they see it against you. Oh my God. I love this. For there is no one who does not sin. I know you thought you was holy and righteous. Let me help you. And it says right here. He said Solomon who's the wisest man on the earth at this particular time. And he said he's the wisest that will ever live on the earth. He said for there is no one who does not sin. And the Bible says in the New Testament, and I believe it's in 1 uh, in, in John, 1 of the John. he said, if you are the one that said that you don't sin, you a lie. <laughs> because we're flesh, we're human. He said, but there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy who takes them captive to a land far away or near, and if they have a change of heart, <laughs> God is always looking for a change of heart you got to be willing to have a change of heart. When you've been in a situation and you've sinned against God, if you change your heart, he said, repent and plead with you in the land of their captivity and say, we have sinned. We have done wrong and acted wickedly." And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity where they were taken and pray for the land you gave their ancestors toward the city you have chosen and toward the temple I built for your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place. He, hear their prayer and their pleas and uphold their cause. And forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, I love this. He closes out his prayer. I'll just read verse 42. It says, The Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David your servant. Solomon knew that God was keeping various things going in his life because of the covenant God had made with his father. And there's some things that I believe that God is going to allow our children to be blessed with because of the covenant that we've made and the things that we prayed, the things that we've asked God for concerning those things. I know I am in a situation now, and I'm, you know, with my children and, I, and certain things they may, they're, they're doing, but I'm in a position to say, God, I'm praying and believing you that you have the power to change them. You have the power to draw them closer to you. You have the power to deal with them and to begin to know that the things that I planted in them, at some point, those things are going to resurrect and they're going to yeah. become alive in their life. So I, I can't get discouraged. I can't get into the place of defeat when my, when my kids tell me, oh daddy and mommy, you toxic. Oh, the devil is alive. Was I toxic when I paid your tuition? Was I toxic when I put those clothes on your back? Was I toxic when I fed you and put food on the table? Was I toxic when I barked the shoes you wanted? Was I toxic when I began to pray for you? Was I toxic when I picked you up for school? Or was I toxic when I brought your lunch when you left your lunch at home? Was I toxic when you began to ask me for various things and I still said yes and you didn't deserve them? Was I toxic then? So tell me what toxic means to you because in those particular instances all I see is love and grace and compassion. Not saying that all material things are a representation of love but but love is an action word. You just can't tell me you love me, and you don't do nothing behind it, and you don't show any action with it. You gotta begin to have some action. And baby, I make too many sacrifices for you to sit here and make me think that I'm gonna be toxic, that I'm toxic, and what you say out of your mouth, I don't receive it. No, I gotta keep praying and believing God. God, I said, raise up my children they will honor their mother and their father, that their days may be long upon the earth. I know you might be dishonoring me now, but God got a way of bringing you to your knees, baby. God got a way of bringing you to a place of repentance. And so this is what I ask God. This is what will give me encouragement. This is what will get me through. Because why? I have to keep my focus on the acts. Because if I don't keep my focus on the acts and I get in my flesh, that's going to get me into a place I'm not ready to deal with. That's going to get me into a situation that I can't get myself out of. So I got to stay according to the Spirit. And I'm going to ask God. I'm going to plead with God. I'm going to pray to God. And I'm going to believe Him. I know it looks raggedy right now, but I believe God will turn to things around. I was raggedy once he turned me around. Oh, I ain't gonna get no help in here. Oh, Jesus. Listen, I, I want you to see how powerful this is and-, and if you're fervent in your prayer because Solomon was fervent in his prayer and when you're in a position and you're in God with fervency, with the right heart, with the right intent go to chapter 7 and I want you to see what happens. I think some of us only read 2 Chronicles 7.14, and we don't read chapter 6, and we don't read the verses previous to this. We just get hung up right there. But you have to understand, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is the answer to chapter 6. Yes. And if we don't understand chapter 6, we keep replying things, and we need to understand that God has. this is a prayer from Solomon. So have we prayed the things? Have we asked God to begin to come in as he did? Because you're going to see it when we get to the verse. But I want you to see what happens. Because he was praying and he was dedicating the temple to God. Listen at this in verse 1, chapter 7, 2nd Chronicles I mean NIV. When Solomon finished praying, Mm -hmm. fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And what? The glory of the Lord filled the temple. So you mean to tell me that he had such a fervency in his prayer that when he finished prayer, God immediately becomes to show up. Of God and you're looking to try to find and seek him in, a, in certain situations have you taken the time to ask him in prayer have you taken the time to cry out to him in prayer because after Solomon had cried out for so long the Bible says that fire came from heaven and the glory filled the temple I don't know about you but I need the glory to fill this temple I need the glory to fill this temple I want the final not like him. And so when the fire came, the priest could not even enter the temple of the Lord because the glory had filled it. There is a heavy anointing. There is a heavy presence that the priest could not even enter. They couldn't even go in because everything was saturated with the glory of God. Everything was saturated with the fire of God. I don't know about you, but I need the fire of God right now. The hell I'm going through right now, I need the fire of God. I need the glory of God. I need the grace of God. I need the mercy of God. I need the love of God. I need God's presence like never before.
1: Amen.
2: So in verse 3 I love this because if the leader has a responsibility to pray the people will see God's glory. See what's happened in the church The leadership, they've they've, they've, they've taken away from being in a position of prayer. So you just can't have your intercessors be the only ones that pray.
0: When is it that you as the head
2: of the church, as the leader of the church, when do you pray? When do you pray over the people? When the people hear you pray? It's not saying that just even if we went in this pandemic on certain Sundays and stuff, I have other people come up here and pray and open in prayer and different things of that nature. But I I'm normally open up in prayer because people need to see their leader praying and when the leader prays, it begins to set a certain precedence. It begins to set a certain atmosphere. So when Solomon was in that position of prayer, this is why fire came from heaven. This is why the glory filled the temple so mightily. And because of that, the people saw the glory because they saw their leader in prayer. Oh my God. If you see me in prayer, it should provoke you to pray. I love God. It was some times when i come down here and I'd be in prayer and Deacon Jerry would tell me he's sitting out here praying through the camera. Y'all didn't know we got cameras we can watch on our phone. You know, people, you know, it's so. a so he would see me praying. He said, I just tapped in with you. I'm at home. And so I'm in here praying. I didn't know until he told me. He said, I saw you in prayer, so I just tapped in with you. I'm just praying with you in the time that I see you walking around the building just praying. Isn't it amazing if the type of influence that you have? I want to influence somebody to pray. I want to influence somebody to get into the presence of God. I want to influence somebody to have a changed life. I don't want to just influence you to get rich. I don't want to just influence you to just have material wealth. I don't want to influence you just to have your name in life. I want to influence you to have a transformation in your life that all things have passed away and behold all things have become new. I need some new creatures to rise up and say I'm new, I'm new, I'm new, I'm new, I'm new. Oh Jesus.
1: Jesus.
2: So when the Israelites saw the fire coming down in the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord saying he is good. His love endures forever. So because the leader prayed, this provoked the people to prostrate themselves. It says they begin to put their face to the pavement and they begin to worship God. I love it that we got to set an example, that we got to be an example of what worship looks like. We got to be an example of what praise looks like. This is why you've never, in 11 years I've been at this church, in the 17 years I've been pastoring, i have never going to sit in the office while praise and worship is going on. You're not going to see me stuck downstairs or, or stuck in a hole and waiting for the service to come out. i got to make a grand entrance and to begin to let myself be made seen like a peacock walking in. No, i got to be in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because I want to be able to feel the atmosphere of God. I want to be able to experience what God is doing because I want to know the temperature in the room. I want to know how the atmosphere is being set. Because when I get up to preach, I want everything to be easy. I don't want to have to fight through anything. I want to know that the atmosphere has been cleansed and that praise is gone forth, so I can easily come in and give you the word of God. Yeah. So now, that's good. Listen, oh my God, drop down to verse six.
0: Yes.
2: Can I help y'all? Mm-hmm. For twenty-three days, they were dedicating the temple. Yes. They were having feasts. They were having all the various things that were necessary. They were praising God for 23 days. They began to just, just dedicate the temple. And this is how, how large, how magnificent, how, how grateful they were to have some place to worship. This is why we can't take for granted that we have a place to worship. You can't take for granted that we can come in and praise God. That we can come in and yet lift our hands freely. We can come in and open our mouth. We can come in and dance and shout. We can come in. We don't have to ask nobody, can we come or can we go? But God has graced us that we can come in anytime we want. If it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you want to have church. Baby, let's open the doors and let's begin to magnify the name of the Lord. So here it is, the priest. I love this. Verse 6, please follow me. The priests took their positions, as did the Levites with the Lord's musical instruments, which King David had made from, for praising the Lord and which were used when he gave thanks, saying, his love endures forever. Did the people just not say that in, the, in verse 3? He is good and his mercy endures forever. And so King David had made for, made for praising the Lord, which were used when he gave thanks, saying, His love endures forever. Opposite the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets, and all the Israelites were standing. Notice this. When the glory of the Lord came in, the priests couldn't minister. The only thing they could do was worship God. only thing they could do was get in a position to praise Him. Only thing they could do was get into a position in a posture to praise. And notice they got the, the Levites got their instruments and people got into position and the priests blew their trumpets and the Israelites were all standing. They were standing in worship. They weren't sitting down when praise and worship was going on. They were standing doing praise and worship. Because this is reverence and honor to God. I'm not talking about nobody that's in a wheelchair. I'm not talking about anybody that's got some pain in their I'm Come about you can willingly stand on your own two good legs. When praise and worship is going on, that's the least you can do. Is stand and begin to reverence and honor the word of the Lord. And honor his presence. So they begin to stand in worship. So now... Oh, my God. (laughs) Drop down to verse 11. (laughs) Here we go. We almost there, y'all. Verse 11. Notice he prayed in chapter 6, correct? Those were his prayers. He was asking God for things. Now, here's the response. The response doesn't come to after the praise. After the worship. After them playing the musical instruments, after the people bowing down, see, yeah. see, it's something about being unified. It's something about being on one accord in worship. Yeah. See, you, 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 you can't allow the enemy to have your mind drifting off. Well, can I? Is my turkey legs out? Are they gonna be thawed out by the time I get home? I gotta stop at store and get some black-eyed peas and and um, uh, Oh my God! I gotta wash the white clothes and oh uh, man, I left that stove and your enemy will have your mind. I got to go, oh man, I got a project due at work tomorrow. And so all these distractions, because that's the enemy's job. He wants to distract you from worship. He wants to distract you from the presence of God. Because I tell you, this is where he fights the most at. is in worship. Because that's why he came with Jesus to try to get him to bow down and worship him. Because he was the worship leader in heaven. So here it is. You are in a position. You're taking his job. You've now been deemed responsible for worshiping and bowing down before God. Now he's a fallen angel and he can't bow and worship God. He can't bow in his presence. We've been given that authority. We've been given his place. And so he's going to come in and try to pull you out of worship, pull you out of praise, pull you out of prayer. So you got to remain in a place to stay committed and faithful. So now. Verse 11, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, (laughs) Here comes the Lord. He's coming with his answer, y'all. Because he asked God, he's coming with an answer. He said, I have heard your prayer.
0: And I have, have
2: chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. What? Has God chosen you that he can trust you, that he can trust, He can sacrifice in your temple? Can he sacrifice? Can he lay some things on your heart? Can he lay some things at your altar? Can he trust us with anything? Can he trust us to pray when he says pray? Can he trust us to fast when he says fast? Can he trust us to get into our word when he says get into our word? Can he trust you to bless somebody when he tells you to bless them? Can he trust you? Amen. And he said in verse 13, he said, when I shut up the heavens, pay attention because these are the words that were praying in chapter 6. When I shut up the heavens... So that there's what? No rain. Uh (laughs) Because he said it would be no rain when they see him. We read that in chapter 6. This is his answer. This is God talking to Solomon. He said, or command locusts to devour. Did he say not the locusts? And when the grasshopper comes, he said that's when we're supposed to pray. What is this plague? This is a plague that has been swept across the world. They said it's a pandemic. It's everywhere across the world. So do we take the position of just sitting back? And accepting and receiving what it says it can do, it can mess with your breathing. It can mess with your, your 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 lungs. It can mess with you can have a cough and you can have fever. When we find out the symptoms, that's when we pray against that. So God, I ask you to remove the symptoms out of the earth. Actually remove any side effects to any person that's been afflicted with this particular virus. They won't have any any particular ailments that are lingering on from these, this particular virus. We got to have the power to pray those things because here it says, listen up. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name. That's what this is. What Solomon was praying. If you we just read all in verse six, chapter six. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, see Solomon took a humbling posture before God by standing before the people with his hands lifted and praying before the people. He was humbling himself, letting the people know I need God just like you do. I need His presence just like you do. And he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek My face and do what, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yes. So now we have a better understanding. I've talked this before. Those of y'all who've been around, who've been in the ministry longer, I've talked before knowing that this, we have a better understanding to know. That God, that Solomon was praying in chapter six, and here comes his answer in chapter seven. Yeah. This is the result of the words that he spoke out of his mouth. We just read these same words yeah. that he prayed. God answered him with the same words he spoke out of his mouth. Yeah. So this is why I tell you that whatever you ask God, and you're gonna have you're gonna be in a sense where he begins to respond to you, he's gonna give you back the thing you asked him. Come on. He's going to give you back the thing you asked him. He said, humble yourself. He said, pray and seek my faith. Turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal the land. Now, in verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attended to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Now, I love this. God said, I got the people straight.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I'm going to talk to you about them. He said, "But I'm also talking to you about you. Hmm. Yeah. So, when you're interceding, because Solomon's interceding for the people, God answered concerning the people and His yeah. intercession for them. Yeah. But you got to be willing to now the things that you have before God concerning yourself. God's gonna answer that too. Yeah. So look at verse seventeen. As for you. If you walk before me faithfully as David, your father, did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne as I coveted with David, your father. When I said you shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. Then he says, look at this. It's a but because there's consequences. <laughs> that's Ashton. He said it's a but. And that's my man. Ashton. to He good. He paying attention. He following along. He said, but if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from the land which I have given them and I'll reject this temple I have consecrated by my name. He said, and I will make, I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to the temple? People will answer, because they have forsaken the Lord. The God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. This is why. That is why he brought all this disaster on them. That's it. Close the book. Listen. You have to be in a position to ask God and ask God on the behalf of the people who you are around, your family members, your children, asking God concerning them, and then watch God begin to answer your prayer. Watch God begin to give you back to some of the things that you pray. He'll begin to say, I'm going to bless them for you. I'm going to heal them. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to do this. You got to be willing to open yourself up because God's going to answer. You got to believe that. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's what you got to begin to trust God. When I prayed, I believed. Solomon, listen, God, he, he, he prayed, he believed in his prayer. But I love the fact that when he finished his prayer, that God just showed up with fire. He just showed up with his glory. I,
0: I, I, want, I want
2: God to just show up. To let me know that I've been in the vein of God. Yeah. Oh my God. I some people that know the Bible, what happened in the book of Acts when Peter was in prison and Peter was locked up and they began to pray in their house and as they prayed in their house, the Bible said that the prison doors were open and they had been praying so long that when Peter came knocking on the door, they didn't believe it was him, they didn't believe their prayers had been answered because they were just in there praying, crying out to God, God save our leaders! open the door, bring him out of prison, whatever they had been praying and crying out for, they, God answered that prayer and Peter showed up at the door and they were in a they closed the door and said that can't be you Peter, that's a ghost and they opened the door and said that sure is you Peter you were just locked up a few minutes ago but because I was praying in the spirit I was praying in another place I don't have to be where you at to pray for your situation I can pray for people in Montana I can pray for people in Utah I can pray for people in Israel Jerusalem the power of the word of God can go anywhere why because he's I'm not present Yes. oh Jesus Yes, he is. I'm done y'all mm-hmm. I'm excited this word blessed me today I want you to ask God. I want you to ask him. I want you to ask God. Next Sunday, I think I'm going to close the series out. Because the fifth Sunday, we're going to have a special guest speaker. Things go continue to be fine. Even if it's not, he's still going to be a guest speaker. And come in, and we got to uh, lower our crowds or whatever the case may be, we'll still be able to preach the gospel. Amen. But I'm excited about this man of God that's coming the, uh, last Sunday of the month. I just met him recently a couple months ago in a prayer meeting. And uh, you're going to be blessed.